Trash Can presents Country Fried Rap Songs. And if I don't do nothing, I'm a boss. Counting all day like the clock on the wall. So go and get your money, little duffel bag boy. I say go get your money, little duffel bag boy. This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot. I'm hot because I'm fly. You ain't because you're not. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot. I'm gonna need some help for this one. You gonna help me with this one? Oh yeah, buddy, we'll get it all down on the right. We're gonna do this thing. All right. Yeah, buddy. Rolling like a big shot. Chevy tuned up like a NASCAR pit stop. What? Fresh paint job. Yep. Fresh inside. Yep. Outside framing the trunk wide. Heck yeah. Got your John boat? Yeah. Let's go then. Let's go, Scooter. I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Alright, well, welcome back to another great episode. Man, summer's winding down, and it's almost August. Uh, Sorry for those of y'all that maybe teachers are like, ow. I don't want to go back to school. I don't even want to think about it. I'm sorry. Summer's over almost, but I'm excited because that means fall is right around the corner. I love fall time. It's a great time. You know, I've never been one to be like, I need things to cool down a little bit, but where I'm at, we need things to cool down a little bit. I mean, uh, I'm ready for a little bit of cooler weather, but yeah, I, I don't, whenever I was a kid, I hated this time of year because you have all the commercials. It's like back to school, get your supplies and all this stuff. And you're like, Listen, listen, I got a few weeks left. Um, well, I guess, I mean, in Georgia, we started early. It was like August the 3rd, so it was right around the corner. But, yeah, we're so happy y'all are here. And, um, man, we got listeners from all over the place. Where are some of the places they listening, Chris? Oh, of course, California. Got to love our people in the U.K. Got to love our people down under. Uh, got to love people in Singapore. Got to love people in India and the Middle East. Peace in the Middle East. Uh, gotta love our Canadian listeners. Gotta love our people that are in the Northeast, in Maine, and Boston, and Pittsburgh, and Pennsylvania, and Virginia. That has been a hot region for us this summer. So we love all you guys. Yeah, heck yeah, and even the western part and the the Midwest here. You know, we got Oklahoma, Kansas, our home state of Texas. We can't call y'all the Midwest though. Um, and then, of course, Colorado, New Mexico, even out to California, Oregon, Washington. We appreciate all you guys. South Dakota, it's been great. So, yeah, man, we ready to get into this first little bit here? Let's do it. All right, man. It's the Old Fashioned Donut, which is a story from our past. And what do we got this week, Chris? So, if you've been listening for any length of time, you will know that Micah and I used to work at a Western Wear store called the Boot Corral. We can't name its name, nor do we want to name its name. I actually saw, I just saw a commercial like literally an hour ago for that place, and I was like, boo, boo. It's like Beetlejuice. You say its name three times, and you might have to go back to work there, so we're a little worried about that, but yeah. Yep, for sure. So uh, if you've been listening, you've known that we worked at the Boot Corral, and we've mentioned it a little bit in previous episodes, but we would do these things called boot camps and uh, get it <laughs> boot camps because we sold Western wear stuff. But anyways, anytime <laughs> a new place or a new city was opening up a brand new store, instead of taking contractors 
and doing of course they would have people to do like the electrical stuff and the plumbing like professionals do that but as far as hanging decorations or like building the you know inside of it and all that they used employees and so back then i used to think that it was like a prestigious thing for you to go because the boss would only take like one or two people and you would want to go to boot camps because number one you got paid more than you were at the store unless you were a salesperson I was working in the back, so I definitely got paid more working at boot camp than I did uh, working at my home store. I'll I'll speak to the I'll speak to the salesperson pay. It was good for salespeople too. Basically, we worked on commission, and so they would uh, count it as you sold four thousand dollars worth of, worth of merchandise in a day. So, um, like for myself, I was at five percent commission, so five percent of four hundred bucks. And sometimes uh, we were working, you know, seven days a week. So, and you know, we didn't have any bills at the time because everything was getting taken care of. They would pay for your hotel. They would pay for your food. Um, If you wanted to do like any entertainment stuff that was on you, but Micah and I didn't actually get to go to boot camp at the same time, but we both went to different boot camps uh, and it was pretty fun. It was a fun time. I mean, of course it was work, but tell them a little bit because you went for the first part, like the building part. And normally I would go after the building was done and I would help like train the employees and like help stock the store. Yeah. So when we first showed up, most of the time, the, the like Chris said, the building was bare bones. And so most of the time, if you've ever been to a, uh, you know, a Western wear store, a lot of the time there's lots of decorations on the wall. And especially this one, most of the time they had rather high ceilings and that was kind of the, the floor design. So uh, my main job was hanging the decorations most of the time. Um, and then several other jobs, it was, cutting the lumber and things like that. You know, you kind of had to be a jack of all trades, but most of the time it was hanging whatever needs to be hung. So they would come, you know, b- big prefabricated, and then there were some that you had to put together, and they were pipes. Do you remember that, Chris? They were literal pipes, and you had to put them together. Like the like the fixtures? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So like the fixtures on the wall that had, you know, they would have like big Wrangler signs or, you know, whatever the brand name was, and um, – everything was built with pipes. So I remember, you know, you almost, you felt a little weird being in a retail store with this big pipe wrench and, um, you know, having to work with pipes a lot. And cause a lot of the, the racks and everything were, were pipes as well. But yeah, you would come in there and it would just be empty. Uh, we would get the, the blueprint and essentially you would work, uh, 12, 13, 14 hours a day sometimes at the very beginning, trying to get everything done on time. And, you know, sometimes you'd go in there and, like, the air conditioning wouldn't be hooked up just yet. Or I think the worst one was, like, the bathrooms weren't done yet in one. So we had to use a porta potty Like, everybody had to use the porta potty um, including the construction guys because they weren't done with the building. And so that got really interesting really fast. But, yeah, I mean, it was... It was an interesting construction job. It was probably a, l- a lot easier than most construction jobs because it was inside. But, you know, building a lot of the shelves, building a lot of the, you know, interiors, hanging a lot of the things. Tell them about the owners when they would come in because this was like whenever they opened up a new store, it wasn't just like the uh, boot corral. I almost said the name. It wasn't the boot corral, uh, just like little stores that came it was like everybody like the owners would come people from corporate like it was a big deal for them to open this store and like yeah it would be people from all over the company to all over the state um all over different states too wherever they had their stores you i mean you would meet people from all over the place at these at this deal but yeah the family would come in and um 
you know, certain members of the family were nice. Um, basically, there was a hierarchy, right? Um, so the main guy who started it, he kind of wasn't really in it anymore. He was elderly, and so he kind of just was letting his, his kids and his, his wife run it. Um, his wife was, I believe, in her 70s or 80s at the time, but she was sharp as a tack, man. She was in charge of actually hanging and getting the decorations because um, it was... In a way, it was kind of like Cracker Barrel to a certain extent. So you know how they had kind of those old decorations? Like there would be like a, an old tractor seat or like, you know, something like that. She would always come in and be in charge of kind of getting those antique decorations and putting those in place uh, instead of the main, you know, branding decorations, if that makes sense. And so she was pretty cool. And then um, her granddaughter would come. But I'll tell you this much. The... The owner's sons were a little particular. And when I say a little particular, they were a lot of particular. And so a lot of the times, you know, it would be two weeks of building first before they would come in. And that's really where the crunch would come in is where they would come into town. Because, of course, their eyeballs are on everything. So you want to make sure everything's perfect. Not just that, but they want to be at a certain level of progress by the time they get there. So, I mean, it's definitely a lot of pressure in, like, those first two weeks knowing, hey, you know, ownership's coming and they're going to be inspecting all of this. And, I mean, when I say that they were sharp as a tack, like, the whole family was. They would they would literally be on the other side of the store. They would point at something and say, that's a half an inch off and make you go change it. Am I, am I wrong, Chris? Yeah, literally, I remember one time it was something that was a quarter of an inch too long. And I remember even, like, the store regional uh, manager – I, and we've talked about him in an episode uh, about him getting kicked out of clubs and bars. But that's that guy. Um, but he was like really a quarter of an inch. Like he was like, that's ridiculous. He was like, no nut. That's ridiculous. A quarter of an inch. A quarter of an yeah. inch. It's like, it's not that going to hurt nobody. But yeah, they were very particular about it. And uh, Micah almost, I mean, you probably could have married into that family. The granddaughter had eyes for you, my man. She yes. did. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. She would like, there was a reason that I was hanging the decorations on their team for the most part. I'll just say that. And um, I got coffee in the morning and nobody else did. Yeah. He was the certain. Ch- he was the chosen errand boy. It was probably like a fantasy for her. She was like, oh, you're this poor stock boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the, uh, the poor laborer and the, the rich, uh, business owner's daughter in the story uh long story short i was not interested i'll be honest um and so nothing ever came of that and i accepted the coffee though i'm i am glad that uh that you are married to your wife now she's a phenomenal lady and i'm glad things played out for you but you know at the time, I probably would have been like, you dummy. <laughs> you got to marry into the <laughs> yeah. boot corral fortune. You know how we talk about how we want all this money all the time. We could have been having that fortune. You should have just took one for the team is all I'm saying. I should have. I should have. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> my life would have been 13 MWZs from then on out. Not, not Yeah. Anyways. Um yeah, it was it was just crazy stuff. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you this much. There was another side of um, – boot camps you know we would work a lot but it was definitely a work hard play hard um kind of attitude that's where uh certain managers got kicked out of those certain clubs at times was during the off hours right um 
you you really find out about some of these people when you get them out of town and get them off out. Yeah, and too, uh, people would buy beer and just want to unwind, which like I'm cool with. And even at the time, like I'm I'm not a big drinker now, but at the time I was just like, man, I'm not a drinker, and it has nothing to do with like being better than anybody. I just don't like it. But they would love to drink, and like that's the one thing they knew about me. They were like, yeah, that guy doesn't drink. Uh, but I remember one time we had literally just gotten done with um, a a day and we were waiting on the regional store manager to like give us the credit card or to go to dinner because like he was the one that was paying for all of it. And uh, we were waiting and they were just like drinking in the parking lot. And then one beer turned into like seven. And by that time, everybody was drunk. And then the person that I was with was like, I'm just going to go grab the keys from that person and I'm going to grab the credit card and we're just going to go to dinner on our own and we'll drop them off at the hotel. But yeah, it's definitely a lot of work hard, play hard. Uh, I Most of the time you did get to come home on the weekends unless you went someone, somewhere far like Colorado or, you know, you got you had to stay through the weekend. But I remember the one time I did go to Denver, like we went to the zoo and we hung out and it was great on our off day. And so like it was a good time. It was definitely a lot of work especially when I got to like the stocking part of it because you had to stock a whole empty store. And so that's all you were doing all day was just like prepping boots, tagging boots. Like by the end, I was like, man, I'm so sick of uh, boots. I'm just, you so know, we, we need to do a part two of this. We have characters among characters that I didn't even realize we haven't divulged on from, from boot corral experiences from, uh, I mean, boot camp experiences. Uh, but last thing that I'll say is yes. So I would say probably the the time that sticks out in my mind, we went up to Colorado Springs and we had some off time, right? And it was with a particular person and Chris knows who this person is. And um, so we go to a casino and I'd never been to a casino. And you have to think, I'm also, um, I'm also going to divulge this. I was also underage, right? So I was 18 years old. Actually, I think I was 19. No, I was 18. I was 18. And so, essentially, what happened was um, go to a casino, walk in there, and biggest thing that I'm thinking is, okay, I'm with a bunch of adults. You just got to act like an adult, too. Like, act like you belong there. Nobody will ask questions, right? So, we get around the corner, and, you know, nobody's asked for ID. There's no stand. There's no nothing. It's like, oh, wow, okay. So, we're getting to the casino floor. But the guy that I am with is just wigging out. Oh, my gosh, we're in a casino. We're in a casino. I've never been in a casino before. Is that blackjack over there? Have you ever played craps? And then sure enough, wouldn't you know it, it was just here comes the security guard. And he's like, come, let me see your ID. And so then we had to show my ID and we got kicked out. And so then we had to sit in the car for 12 hours. And that's what happens sometimes is uh, if you weren't old enough to get into the bar or the club and you were driving, it's like, sorry, bud, enjoy the truck Enjoy the parking lot. Yeah, I'll tell another story about that at a different time because I got kicked out of my room, uh, not by my own choosing, but I'll tell that story a little bit later. But yeah, boot camp was uh, interesting. So this was boot camp part one. We'll probably do a boot camp part two. But yeah, man, I think we're going to head into our next segment. Crazy. So yeah, man, next segment is the Jelly Donut or the Jell Report. 
And that's your turn this week, Chris. So what's going on in the world of crime? Okay, so you know how we were talking about Burger King last week and how they fell off? Yeah. I might have figured out why, and I'll tell you why. An assistant manager of a South Carolina Burger King was arrested after she allegedly served customers French fries that had been in the trash can. So this lady <laughs> wow. was charged with tampering with food, a felony, for allegedly taking French fries from the trash and adding them to the container where freshly cooked fries are placed and then dumping just uh, regular cooked fries on the top. Uh, apparently there was a disturbance at the fast food place, and at the scene they found two women screaming at restaurant staff, threatening them and using profanity. When the women refused to calm down at officer's request, they were both arrested and charged with disorderly conduct. But apparently, uh, the ladies were upset because they had figured out that the manager was putting French fries from the trash uh, with regular fries. You know, violence is never the answer, but I also understand why you would be extremely mad. Man, if I found out that you served me uh, trash fries like that, I'd be mad too. I'd be real mad. Yeah, it's really messed up, man. All right, this next one. Uh, this guy was in Virginia, and he walked into a local medical center. Uh, apparently, he was missing one hand, and he was covered in shrapnel and blood. He pleaded for help, claiming that he had been in a lawnmower accident. But after the FBI did some investigating, they discovered that was not the case. They learned that the man who had previously been convicted on charges related to explosives had actually planned to kill quote-unquote hot cheerleaders with a homemade bomb. But his ploy went awry when he blew himself up instead. Uh, so the plan literally blew up uh, in his face. So it blew his hand off. So I guess he was like planning some revenge on some maybe some people that had turned him down or made fun of him, and he was making a bomb, and it literally blew up and blew his hand off. How would you do that? Um, some people are just crazy. I mean... My thing is, if you're trying to blow people up, you deserve to get your hand blown yep, off. Yep, exactly. All right, this next one. This happened in Texas. Uh, this person fell victim to a fake Facebook post put out by the police stating that certain drugs, such as meth, have been found containing Ebola. The news alert told people who had purchased meth or heroin recently to bring it to the local police department for screening. This way, they can test the meth for Ebola. Or, sorry, Ebola. Uh, the lady fell for the fake news and decided to head to the local police department to have her meth checked for Ebola, and she was charged with possession of Ebola. I think that's the most creative, like, sting operation I've ever heard. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Did you ever hear about the one, too? Um, I don't remember what town it was, but they were hosting the Super Bowl, and they basically sent everybody in their registry who had uh, felony warrants said basically you won free super bowl tickets come pick them up and so they so everybody's like yeah i'm gonna go to the super bowl so they all go and they all get arrested pretty much <laughs> get put in my jail. thing is how do police get away with that and it not be entrapment because that's intentionally lying to people like i know that there's wiggle room and gray areas but i don't understand that Oh, I don't either. I mean, where is the line? There's a lot of sting operations. You know, what these people are doing isn't right, and I'm not saying that it is. But there's a lot of sting operations where you're sitting here going, man, you know, it does look like entrapment. Um, one being, you know, when they do the bait cars and things like that. I'm not saying, I'm not saying everybody's going to go around stealing cars, but when you leave the door open and leave it running with the keys in it, you know, aren't you entrapping people into trying to 
you know, like, ooh, that's an easy target. I mean, even if you have the, I don't know. It's a whole discussion there. All right, man. Uh, I think you're going to maybe appreciate this a little bit because it's an inside joke um, between us, but you'll just have to hear the names of the people when I'm reading it, okay? So this next one, this 12-year-old named Jasmine got into a relationship with a guy who truly believed he was a werewolf. Uh, the guy's name was Jeremy, and he legitimately believed he was a werewolf. And together, Jeremy and Jasmine killed Jasmine's entire family. Um, Jasmine started seeing Jeremy, who was 11 years older than her. This is when her parents began to realize a change in Jasmine's behavior. They decided to not let Jasmine see Jeremy anymore, as they should, because that's literal rape and incest, and it's sick. Which is when Jasmine devised a plan to get rid of her family so that her and Jeremy could finally be together. They followed through with the plan, leading Jasmine to spend 10 years in prison before she was released. Um, and Jeremy was uh, sentenced to life in prison. So, that's wild, man. Yeah, that is wild. I've heard of stuff like that. Um, what's crazy to me is the fact that you'd be murdering or, conspir- or conspiring to murder and things, and you get like 10 years. Um, you'll, you'll watch some of these shows, and it's like, yeah, brutal murder and everything. And it's like, oh, yeah, they'll be eligible for parole next year. And it's like, I, you know, I thought you got sentenced to life. Yes, you have the opportunity of parole, but, you know, if, if it's life with parole, I mean, you could be getting out in like 20 years. But, I mean, the girl was 12. Like, so, I mean, she fully didn't understand what she was doing. I don't think she did. Oh, and I do believe that you need to give kids a chance, because in our country, unfortunately, they do be locking up kids for life that probably shouldn't be. You know, you make mistakes as a kid, but um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of weird stuff with our judicial system, but that's a crazy story, too. Yeah, but uh, we knew a guy named Jeremy, and... That sounds like something he would do, man. That yes, sounds it does. like something he would do. Yes, it does. That guy was uh, very, very interesting. Um, he even faked being a Marine. That was even more interesting. All right. Uh, last one. A former member of Romania's parliament was sentenced uh, to two years in prison for attempting to bribe voters with chicken. Uh, apparently, this person was named as the chicken baron by local news. They resigned from Parliament uh, post late earlier in the month, and apparently that was part of his campaign. Was like, vote for me, and I'll give you some chicken. But apparently, like he had bought sixty tons worth of chicken, and was giving it out to people that would vote for him. So, I don't know, man. That's wild. It didn't happen here on our soil. Because um, my first thought, as bad as it is, I'm sitting here going, so he just bought up a, a bunch of KFC. <laughs> And it's like, but, right, so, it's probably, uh, yeah, but that's that's crazy. He's just like, vote for me, get some chicken. It was in Romania, so I'm sure it was probably something different. Yeah, man. Well, we're going to hop into our next segment, which is the Donut Hole, and I got a game for us, and I think you're going to like this. No, it's not about planes, but it is about one of your favorite TV shows, The Office. It's The Office Trivia. If you are an international listener and you have not seen the American version of The Office, it's great. I love it. And Micah loves it, too. And we're going to see how well you know it. Something else, too, just just for a second. Do you know they have, so there's, like, the British version. I saw they now have, like, an Indian version, too, like an India-based office. Have you seen that? 
No, I just knew there was the British version first, and then the American version came second. No, it's all it's all spreading. But yeah, let's do this thing. I'm excited for this. All right, man. I'm gonna give you a softball question for this first one. All right, Michael Scott got in trouble for impersonating a comedy routine from which comedian? A. Chris Tucker. B. Sinbad. C. Chris Rock. Or D. Eddie Murphy. Hey, it's the Chris Rock bit, man. Yeah, don't repeat it because you can't say. Because then you'll get, then you'll get every time. That's all I can say. Um. All right, she did not appear until later on in the series. But Erin from The Office, what is actually her first name? A. Phyllis. B. Pam. C. Kelly. Or D. Angela. You said what's her, what's her actual first name? Yeah, what's her first name? Because in the in the series or in the episode she actually has a same first name as somebody in the office and she's just like i'm gonna go by aaron so i'll read you the options again yeah read me a a phyllis b pam c kelly or d angela i'm gonna go with wasn't it wasn't it kelly it is it is correct it is kelly yep all right next one this one might be a little bit harder for you what is pam's favorite yogurt flavor a, mixed berry, C, cheesecake, or sorry, B, cheesecake, C, strawberry banana, or D, blueberry. It's mixed berry. Oh, there you go. You're three for three, man. Watched it too much, apparently. You're definitely going to get this one. What did Michael offer to Scott's Tots instead of scholarships? <laughs> A, waffle makers, B, toasters, C, headphones, or D, computer batteries? Computer batteries final answer yeah man you know your office trivia for sure <laughs> those poor kids i can only imagine you know you, you you get good grades and you work really hard and it's like it's it's time to get your college paid for it's like uh yeah that's not gonna happen and you like they threw that whole celebration for me <laughs> didn't say a word just remember yeah mr scott what you gonna do what you gonna what do you gonna make, do? Our dreams make your dreams come, come true <laughs> all right next one what is the name that Jan names her daughter. So what did she name her daughter? A, Athena, B, Helena, C, Astrid, or D, Persephone? Astrid. Or as they there you go. as they accidentally mistaked it, Astrid. Yeah, five for five. All right, next one. Who came in first place in the Michael Scott, Dunder Mifflin, Scranton, Meredith Palmer Memorial Celebrity Rabies Awareness Pro-Am Fun Run Race for the Cure? Who came in first place? A. Oscar, B. Andy, C. Dwight, or D. Toby? It was uh, Toby. Yep, there you go. All right. Next, I should have made these harder, man. I was trying to give you, like, some easy ones, but I guess maybe next time I'll make them a little bit harder. You're going to have to ramp it up next time, apparently. Ryan caused a fire at the office while heating up what? A. A bagel, B. A cheesy pita, C. Popcorn, or D. Cheesy toast. pita. And uh, you just got to break out and Ryan started the fire. I think that one is probably on my, maybe not my top five, but maybe my top ten episodes. I do like that one. I just thought that it was funny that Dwight got really, really jealous over nothing. Jan broke what of Michael's at the dinner party? A, his George Foreman grill. B, his comedy tape. C, his window. Or D, his mini TV. His mini TV. And he... She threw a Dundee at it. Oh, there you go. You get bonus points because uh, you knew what she also broke. So I was, I 
maybe should have thrown a trick question in there. All right, number nine. Which of Angela's cats did Dwight kill? A, Sprinkles, B, Muffins, C, Mittens, or D, Whiskers? It's uh, Sprinkles. Oh, yeah, there you go. All right, let's see if you can go 10 for 10. Last one. Which holiday did Michael have an intervention with Meredith? A, Halloween, B, Valentine's Day, C, Christmas, or D, Thanksgiving? It was the Moroccan Christmas. Dang, dude. You're a super fan. I need to, like, change it up or something. Now, like, don't ask me any questions about after Michael leaves because, you know, like, the the Robert California and the um, what's-her-face phase, I'm, I wasn't I – didn't, I didn't really know too much about that one. That's when the show went downhill for sure. Uh, what – what is the name of Michael's movie? Just a bonus question. Do you remember? Hold on. It'll come to me in a second. I know it's about um, Golden Face, right? Or no, Threat Level Midnight. That's There you go, man. Well, I made those too easy. I made those way too easy for you. Hey, we're going to have to revisit it, and we'll have to do some like weird nitty-gritty stuff. He's going to get it. It's going to be a really hard question. to be like, what was on Jim's computer screen during... No, I'm joking. <laughs> what is your favorite episode of The Office? favorite one definitely has to be episode two diversity day which it would totally get canceled nowadays but it's definitely i would it, it's the funniest one for sure just cool deal man well we're gonna move into our next segment which is what fries my donuts and buddy what's got the heat turned up this week well really fries my donuts and cue the uh the sound clip here you can't handle the truth people can't handle the truth you can't handle the truth that's what fries my donuts. I'm telling you, people have taken a back seat to the truth and traded it for people's quote-unquote feelings. And here's what I'm going to go into. A lot of it has to, where, where my frustration is, a lot of it has to do with work, but there's a lot of it that spreads into other areas of life as well. You can't just come out today and I'm not talking, there, you know, there's a difference in being a jerk and being an a-hole about things. But you can't even come out and state basic truths. Like, here's where we are, you know. I tried to go out and work and say, here's where we are. This is the problems that we're having. It's like, ooh, that was a little bit too abrasive. That was a little bit too abrasive. What, the truth? Telling them, hey, this is where we're at. You know, I didn't tell them that they were pieces of crap for where we're at. I said that we were un it was understandable where we're at. But see, nobody can take that anymore. Nobody can take that constructive criticism. And uh, for me, people just can't handle a lot of the times getting told, hey, that's not going to work. Hey, you're potentially wrong for some things. You can't handle the truth of the situation. Have you experienced that a lot, Chris, in your day-to-day -day life where you'll talk to somebody and it's like you're just telling them how it actually is. But instead, they're sitting here like, ooh, that's that's just too abrasive and that hurts my feelings. It's like, I mean, but it is what oh, it is. Oh, yeah, all the time, and especially in the profession that I work in, man, working in ministry and dealing with that stuff. You can say it the nicest way possible and like be like, hey, man, I really love you, but like, hey, I'm seeing like I'm kind of worried about you because I see this and this and this and this is not healthy. People are like, ooh, like just let me live my life. Why are you trying to be so controlling? It's like, I'm not. I'm literally trying to help you. But people do not want to get their feelings hurt. People want to be okay in their toxicity, if that makes sense. And that's a whole nother tangent. But yeah, I get it. Yeah, it just, it really fires me up because it's, it's very, very simple. Um, if we put, 
and you know, you you probably heard me say the same verbiage, but if we put the same energy in how much we get mad and get hurt when people come at us and how we perceive people come at us, right? And, and most of the time, people ain't even coming at you. They're saying, hey, this is where we can approve upon things. And that's, you know, there's been so many times where it's, hey, this is where you can improve upon things. There was even another situation. This was an outside of work situation where I was telling a particular person, you want to know how to fix the situation? I will give you the roadmap. I will literally lay it out in front of you and tell you, here's how to do it. Here's how to do it. Here's what this person needs. And here's how to do it. And that person's literally just sat there bold face and just was like, oh, and just wasn't really, wouldn't really pay attention to it. It's like, no, I don't think that's what it is. And you're sitting here going, I know that you know that this is the truth, but you're avoiding it because you're uncomfortable. And I understand being uncomfortable makes you want to avoid things, but the more people avoid stuff, it just makes the problem that much bigger. So I just, I never understand. It's, to me, I'd rather have that conversation up front. It's uncomfortable, yes, but there are ways that you can make that conversation, just like I was talking about with the work situation. I called a bunch of people out, right? But I didn't call anybody out by name. And what I told them is I said, listen, the processes that we're going through, it's understandable why these things are happening. It's nobody's fault. I'm just saying we need to call these out to make sure that there's no gaps, or anything that we're missing and that we're not, you know, that there's nothing that is not on your radar to be fixed. But see, people get so hurt by that of, oh, you're challenging me and you think that uh, I'm not doing a good enough job. It's like, that's not what it is at all. It's, you know, we're trying to help where you're at and trying to make, you know, I, I guess, tell me if I'm wrong on this one, man, but I feel like the iron sharpens iron mentality is not used too much anymore. Because my thing is, a lot of the times, you know, iron sharpens iron, and sometimes it hurts, you know. When you strike iron or you strike um, a, a metal upon a metal, it's it's not a pretty thing, and it's going to hurt, and it's going to reform some things, right? And uh, I, I understand that a lot of times that's reserved for, you know, close friends and things like that, but at the same time, it just blows my mind how competent, or how complacent some people are in just being where they're at like you said in that toxic mindset and you know they know it's the truth but they don't want to change anything about what they're doing well we're in a day and age where truth is no longer absolute and people are always like oh it's my truth it's my truth and it's like i understand that to some degree but it's like no there are some things that are just this is just the straight up truth like and it's wrong and the truth hurts where did where did we lose the whole you know life isn't fair i think that's the biggest thing is everybody tries to make it fair for themselves right of okay i'm gonna make this for myself because i feel like that's fair for me it's life isn't fair i mean you it's inevitable you're gonna get the the crap into the stick at some point that's just how life is it's, you know, there's nothing that we can do about it. You can make your own reality and substitute it with your own. How, you know, I, you know, you can reject reality and substitute it with your own is what I'm saying. But it just doesn't, it's not going to do anything. You're still in our, it's, you're still in the world with everybody else's reality. And some things just don't change. And the world being un, 
unfair is not one of those things that's ever going to change. And maybe that's why a lot of people are miserable because they're like, oh, this is my, this is, you live in some farcical Willy Wonka's chocolate factory is what you're living in. And then you get to the real world and you find out, man, this isn't how it is. But, oh, it should be like this because this is my reality. And you get mad that that's not how the way things are. But when in reality, you're living in a farcical world. You're living in Willy Wonka's Oompa Loompa Land. Yeah, you think you're Augustus Gloop and you're not 300 pounds falling in a chocolate river. But you halfway down the stream, buddy boy. That's where you're at. Yeah, I, I think it's just we're in a day and an age and... Try not to pull the pastor card, but there's a scripture that says people uh, will turn away from the truth and they will hear things that tickle their ears. So people just want to, and I'm all about encouraging people and stuff, but it's like, oh yeah, you can encourage me, encourage me, encourage me. But the minute that you tell me that there's something in my life that I might need to fix, then it's like, oh, I'm church hurt or, oh. I'm I'm hurt. You're offending me. And it's like, no, I'm just pointing out some like roadblocks. It's like people, if the people on the Titanic knew that there was this big old iceberg at the bottom, wouldn't you want to be like, hey, dude, you're about to run into an iceberg. And it's like, nah, we're okay. Like, it's okay. But the truth of the matter is like, no, you're about to hit that. And I think that's why a lot of people are miserable, man. I think that's why they are because things aren't in reality, like how they think it should be and it's like man that's just the way the world works and you know i i can imagine why i mean you're probably right it's got to be a pretty miserable existence to you know have that and to a certain extent i'm sure all of us think the world doesn't tick quite right because it doesn't but you know it's again we're going to go back to the balance of everything right you don't want to go too far one direction and too far the other. All I'm saying is you don't want to go too far the direction of holding your ears and going, I know that's the truth, but I'm going to la, 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 la until it goes away, and it doesn't. Or, you know, you have the opposite extreme, which is not good either. So it's, uh, yeah, that's that's what really fires me up, man. I, I guess, you know, what really comes to the root of it is uh, people's lack of effort whenever you're uh, you're working really hard on things on yourself, you know? While you're on the job thing, this is like a way in left field, way in left field, and we're probably going down a rabbit hole. But I've been seeing a lot of things on TikTok that's like, um, don't give your job two weeks notice because they don't have to give you two weeks notice to fire you. While I see that, like, I understand the logic of that, but how do you feel about that? You still, again... Life isn't fair, right? It's not set up fair, and so the jobs aren't set up fair. It's it's just one of those things, man. You want to give those people... Now, you know, if you feel like you've been wronged or you need to get out of a situation because you're in danger, you know, that's one thing to be like, screw you, I'm never coming back. Um, but I'm a firm believer in it's a very small world and you never know who you're going to come in contact with, you know, again. And so if you tell them, you know, deuces, I'm gone, I'm not going to give you two weeks, and they have to find somebody on the fly, say a few years go by and, you know, you may be either working with that person or that person may be your boss again, or even a coworker that was working with you that, you know, had to work a double, triple shift because you, you know, quit on them, essentially. Or, 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 hypothetical situation, you know, you you quit that job, you screw over that person, you never know. You go into the bank one day, you want a home loan. You want a loan on your house. Who's the loan officer that you run into? That person. You never know. 
Yeah, you never know. It's That's what I'm saying. It's just small world stuff. You just never can trust doing something like that. I would always give the two weeks. And as much as you may want to, as much as I've wanted to chew people out, it ain't really worth it, man. Because a lot of times, if you're having a bad experience at a job, most of the time the people that are over you are unhappy anyways. And so you chewing them out would give them the satisfaction and, you know, just walk away. Well, uh, yeah. So we're going to move into our next segment, which is the mystery donut. And that's the improv segment. I think this is our free improv. So let's pull some accents out of the hat. What do we got? So we got the New York accent, one of my favorites. I swear you put that one in there three times just so that you can, like, hopefully draw it more than more than the other ones. Listen, after this week, I really need to be a little New York. Um, sorry to our New York listeners. It's probably uh, wonderful to your ears, or it just blends in. I'm not too sure if we're actually good at it or not. And then the location. So remember how we added some weird locations? Oh, yeah. At a salmon fishery. What the heck? A salmon fishery, man. That's where. That's the location. I'll let you start at your weird salmon fishery that nobody... I mean, I could pull another one no, if you want. No, that's <laughs> the one they pulled out. Hey, I, I just want to make sure that we're being original here. Okay, but at a salmon fishery, were... where are we? In 1892? In Boston, Massachusetts? We're Alaska, bud. <laughs> What We're New Yorker do you know that's going to be freezing in Alaska? Job opportunity. <laughs> no, okay. All right. <laughs> Anyways, we're building a whole story for Vito over here. All right. Hey, yo, you've seen the size of these salmon over here? Let me tell you this. You come over here, you're going to get some smoke smookadel. Tell you that much. Hey, Vinny, I don't know why you brought me out here to this frozen, godforsaken Alaska. I'm freezing my nuts off over here. What, you think this is Trader Joe's over here? You think you can wear your stupid little hat over here with your little muffin, you know, your, your ear muffs and everything? You think you look cool over here with your salmon factory self, you and your little son? Listen here, if you keep talking, I'm going to turn you into a hat with your little buck teeth, beaver, McBucky, McBuck face looking self. Listen, I wish you would. I wish you would. With your little twig looking face. You look like a rat. That's what you look like. You look like a rat out of your mother's subway. Alright? That doesn't even make any sense. But I'll tell you this much. Screw you. Your mom must like rats, because uh, she sure does like my rat face all the time. But, uh... I don't even know why uh, I don't even know why you brought me out here. What are we doing at this salmon fishery? We gotta uh, whack somebody or something? You know, I figured we'd come out here as a little family get together with our with our kids, show them what we do for a living. And uh, yeah, you know there is a there is a little job over here, and uh, we didn't want to tell you this, but uh, you're being retired today. So let me get this straight. After all I do for you. And your family, I brought you in, I fed you, I treated you better than my own godson, Christopher. I buy you, I wipe you behind, I buy you snacks, take you to the Yankees games, take you to the horse races. And this is the thanks that I get. Listen, I talked to Mr. Vinny down at the at the deli. You know, he was telling me, he was telling me you were wearing a wire. Now, I found out from, uh, from old Agent Harris down the road. He was telling me you were wearing a wire, too. What do you got to say about that? First of all, you're talking to Agent Harris. That guy is a known rat, so maybe you's the one that's wearing the white. Listen, I'm the boss. I'm the boss of this family, okay? I can talk to whoever I want. Just because I'm talking to federal agents doesn't mean 
that I am any way suspicious. I'm above suspicion in every way. You're the one in question here. First of all, you ain't the boss of nothing. Your wife holds you nuts. You gotta take out a loan. You gotta go down to Harry Potter's Greek God's Bank just to visit your nuts on a Saturday. And you're telling me you're the boss? You wanna talk about wives? You think your wife ZD's so great? I spit in that ZD. I piss in that ZD. That ZD's nothing. That ZD has been in my generation for 150 years. You know what? I don't need this. I'm leaving. I'm taking the first plane back to Hoboken. I hope you take Alaskan Airlines, you freaking prick. All right. And that was our, uh, that was our improv. So again, it's so hard not to cuss. There's so many things I want to let fly, but we're a family show and we're dedicated. Yeah, dedicated to family friendly, brought to viewers like you. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, we're going to move into our last <laughs> segment, which is our eclair, which is our positive advice. And I think it's your turn to go first, man. So when you get tired, and trust me, after this week, I'm tired, uh, just make sure you're planning good stuff for yourself. And what I mean by that is. Um, even when you're really, really busy and can't find, you know, quote unquote, can't find time for yourself. What I've noticed is it's really easy to get buried into your phone or get buried into something else. Right. It's just like, I'm going to, I'm going to just, um, as the kids call it nowadays, I'm going to doom scroll on Instagram for a little bit, you know, with this 30 minutes worth of time that I've got. Right. But in reality, that's not really helping you relax. Right. You need to do something that is good for you. Um, what I've been doing here lately is I've been, as weird as it sounds, I've been cooking, right? So every time that I'm just having some, you know, bad time, I'll cut some stuff up, cook, try something new. And it gives me that satisfaction of, man, look, I tried something new. It turned out good and I nourished myself with it. And I don't know, there's a certain bit of satisfaction to that. You got to find your thing. And especially whenever you're tired and beat down, uh, if you're going to spend your energy on something, the little energy that you have, make sure it's something that's going to fulfill you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, do something that you enjoy that recharges you, that gets you going. And mine also ties into that. And it's to take advantage of those lull times. Take advantage of those, of those slow times because those times are, uh, you know, we go through highs and lows. And we go through busy times and we go through slow times. Right now, for me, it's a little bit of a slow time. I know it's about to get busier. But I'm trying to take advantage of it. And it's weird for me. It's weird for me to be like, oh, man, I don't have as much work to do today. Or, oh, I left work a little bit earlier today. But I know throughout the whole rest of the year, I'm going to be slammed. And I know that I'm going to be working a lot of hours. And so it's like, take advantage of those lull times um, because they're not always there forever. So, again, enjoy your life. Rest. Take advantage of it, man. But, uh, yeah, what else you got for them today? Man, so... TVTrashCan.com, TVTrashCan.com. I'll tell you this much, man. We're going to be trying some new stuff here lately. We've been messing around with some animations and some different things. So, you know, that that not coming pretty soon. I would imagine that's going to be hitting the website at some point. So be on the lookout for that. But, yeah, uh, follow us on all your favorite sites. Wherever you're streaming from, we appreciate it. But, yeah, man, TVTrashCan.com. Go check it out. Are you telling me that we could potentially get a Danny Evans show? For real? We will not have a Danny Evans show, okay? That is something that I refuse. That is a side character. All right, man. We're going to take this donut box out to the trash. I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Give two thumbs up if you want a show for the old smoker.
Uh-huh, uh-huh.